Welcome to this month's BP Leadership Lesson. Today you are going to hear an incredible lesson from Bill entitled, Your One Thing for the New Year. Now let's dive into part one to see what he has to say. Today, I've got a lesson for you today I want to jump right into, and it's going to be entitled for us, uh, Your One Thing for the New Year. Your One Thing for the New Year. Now, I know that, you know, when the New Year's comes, it's easy to write a list of the many things that we want to accomplish. We all do it. You know, I write all this stuff down, and these are things I want to do, and, and then sometimes I look at it and say, well, that's not going to happen in this lifetime. I remember a couple of years ago, it was really wonderful. Debbie and I had prayed about and sat down. We took a dry write board in my office, and we wrote down 19 big items that we said we want to do before the end of the year. And we would work on that throughout the year. And by the end of that year, we had accomplished all 19 that we would have never done before. And it was huge. And, um, and so the, I believe if you, you'll never hit a goal you don't see. So you got to put it in writing or put it out in front of you. And, um, and so it's important to have goals, but sometimes you can get overwhelmed with so many things. And so today I want to just give you one thing that you can do. You, you'll pick the one. I'll give you several options, but you pick the one you want, and it really can make a difference. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the reason I say that is because it's a biblical concept. I'll give you a couple of Bible verses along that line. Psalms 27, verse 4, David said, one thing I've desired of the Lord that I may dwell in his presence, and, and that was his goal. Uh, Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, but reaching forward to those in front in the book of Philippians. Jesus informed Martha one time, he said, Martha, you're, you're worried about a lot of things. He said, there's so many things, but there's only one thing that is necessary. And so he kept focusing on the one thing. The reason for that is because we all know a steadfast focus on one thing with the, with the ability to avoid the attraction of distraction is what I call it. So you don't get distracted. But doing one thing, it will produce amazing results. You got to focus on that one thing. What is the, what am I trying to do? I often tell my children when they were raised, and we have three wonderful sons that have grown and done well. And uh, they, would, they would say, Dad, you know, what should I do? What should I do with my life? And I'd say, I can't do that for you. I can't tell you what you're going to do for your life. If you try to live my vision, the fact is you'll burn out, you'll get tired, you'll be frustrated. you got to figure out what you want. And I said, now, if you can figure out what you want, I will help you to get there. I'll, I'll be resourceful. I'll use my, my friends to, to give you advice. I'll do everything I possibly can. But you got to figure out what it is you want. And I have a friend that years ago taught me that. I'd call him up, and he was a business guy, and he had 16,000 employees and didn't have much time, but he loved me. He'd always take my call. And it would sound abrupt if you didn't know him, but the minute he answered the phone, he would say, hey, Bill, what do you want? And that's what he was, what do you want? And one day in conversation, I said, if you ever stopped and want to do like most of us do in the South, you know, just, you know, how's the family? How was your year? How's... And then he could say, oh, by the way, you called for something. What can I do for you? He said, no, I don't, I don't do that. I, I just say, what do you want? And then he said, Bill, everybody wants something. Everybody wants something. He said, it doesn't have to be bad but everybody wants something. And he said, and the worst thing is they can't figure out what they want. And he said, they leave it to you. But it's important that you figure out what you want. So I used to always think before I call somebody, what do I want? And let me figure that out in advance. It's very important to figure it out. Thomas Edison, by the way, the greatest skill he had was being single-minded. You know, we think about him. He, he invented the light bulb. He invented the motion picture. 
He invented the phonograph. My wife got me one of those this year for Christmas. That was my gift. I opened it up and I got these old, you know, Marshall Tucker, Doobie Brothers, Allman Brothers albums like they had in my day. And, uh, and so he, Thomas Edison invented a phonograph. He invented a dozen other things. He had 1,093 inventions and patents. And, and yet he was known for one thing, his focus. There was a big article written about him that he was nicknamed Single-Minded Tom Edison. It is of all the things you got on your mind to do, they say he could narrow down what he wanted and he would go after that one thing. And that's why in the end he made such a difference. Um, Tom Kite, the U.S. You know, golf champion, open champion, uh, he said this one time. They asked him about his secret to being so consistent. He said, I never focus on the shot I just made. I never focus on the shot I'm going to make. He said, I zero in. There's only one shot in the world. And that one shot is this one right here. This is the one. And that, that's his goal. Um, I, I say to you that for this reason. There's a, there's a statement I read the other day. At my, my nephew, I talked to him and wished him a, a, a Merry Christmas. And, and I haven't seen him in years. Surprised he still speaks to me. Um, when he was a little boy, he, I was left to babysit him. And he was just a child. And he was in the bathroom. And he kept calling me to come in there and help him. And I kept saying, your mother's on their way. She'll be here in a little while. And I left him in there for about two hours. And I, uh, he'd, Uncle Bill, I, she's, she's on her way. And uh, he remembers that, and I remember that. So we, we don't talk a lot, but he loves me, I know. But he, he's, uh, he teaches up at Carnegie Mellon uh, College, which is a prestigious school. But there was a professor there that made this statement recently that caught my attention. And he said, did you see that? And I said, yes. He said, I thought you might like it. Uh, Herbert Simon said this, a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention. Now, what that means is this. It really means we have so much information now available to us by Internet and Google and all the other stuff that, um, that we, we can get distracted easily. Have you ever got on the computer and wanted to look up one thing before you knew it, you're looking up ten others? You ever started trying to read something, all of a sudden you got the phone and you, oh, and you, and you start chasing that rabbit a few minutes later, you spent 20 minutes looking for something that should have taken one. And what he's saying is, it's so easy to get distracted and lose focus. So I want to give you today just a few things about the one thing, okay? I'll start first with the spiritual. When David said that about the one thing I desire of the Lord, uh, he said, I want to be in God's presence more than anything else. David's best songs were written when he was alone with God. David's best prayers were prayed when he was alone with God. Uh, you ever wonder, what would God do in our life if he were our single focus? If we said, I, I'm going to pursue my spiritual life. I want to do something this year that makes my life better than it's ever been. I, I've been doing things at this place, but I want to do it a little further. And, and I say, I wonder that if we tried that, what difference would it make? Let me give you the second one. Ask yourself this question. One thing I will change this year. What are you going to change this year? If things like fear, uh, you know, if things like fear have a tendency to dominate your life, why don't you say, decide this year, I'm going to figure out how to conquer fear. I'm going to learn how to conquer fear. I, I want to know what it is, and I want to address it. And, and by and large, most of the things we're afraid of either will never happen, or they're that, that's not that to be afraid of. You know, it's not as big as we made it. Our imagination makes it bigger. It may be a negative attitude. I know some people that bless their heart, they just can't open their mouth without it just being negative. You know, you see them coming. 
You know, there's certain people that are like those people. They say, there's some people you love to see coming. There's some people you love to see going. And, uh, and their negative attitude ought to be, if you've got that, say, this year, the one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to change that. I'm going to get up every morning with a spirit of gratitude for everything around and grateful for the fact that I can get up. Maybe you want to change this. Maybe you got the wrong people in your life. Maybe there's some people in your life that you say, you know, I've tried. I've done everything I can. Uh, they're just not going to bank it in my inner circle anymore. You know, they, they're more of a deadbeat or drain. I remember one year when, when Pastor Brent was stepping into the role where I had been for so many years. I remember sitting down alone one day and I said, now, Lord, how do I help Brent to, to pave the road? And that, I thought of something. It's like the Holy Spirit just gave it to me. But, but I thought, now, listen, if I were walking into this place at this time, and most of you know the outside. You might not see the inner workings. But I said, if I were walking at this time, and it was my first day, if I had some old issues that needed to be addressed, or old problems that ought to be solved, or some people in places that needed to be changed, don't leave them there for him to clean up my mess. Clean it up before he gets here. The problems he's going to inherit, let him inherit his own, but not mine. And I had one or two people that most of you don't know about. A few of you do because you're on boards. I had one or two people that were powerful, but very negative and, and always undermining everything everybody did. And I'd let them be in place for a long time. But I remember sitting there thinking, if Brent's going to get this, he don't need to deal with my problems. And so I went to each of those board members and, and told them to resign. I started to say, ask them. I didn't. But I, but I got them to resign. And I did it for a reason. I didn't want Brent to have to face that. I could handle that. I had been through that. He's going to get his own in time. But I want to make sure that he walked in with it clean so that whatever he does, he can do freely. Some of you may be in a position where you're working and you're, maybe you're an employer. And you got people around you that you're saying, you know, all last year, I just had to, I had to carry them. All last year, I had to put up with that. Do you, do you want to do it the next year? This may be the time to say, okay, let's fix that. Let's go ahead and change that. It's kind of like the guy one time was golfing, and they said he was out there golfing, and he loved golf, and his friend John died, and so he died on the third hole. And so when it was over with, they were back at the courthouse, back at the clubhouse, and somebody said, I feel so bad. It had to be hard on you. John died on the third hole? He said, oh, yeah. He said, it was hard on me. He said, I had hit the ball, dragged John. Hit the ball, dragged John. Uh, that's a man that loves golf now. I don't think you need to be dragging anybody in next year, okay? Next year, decide, how do I fix that? Maybe it's a habit that limits you. Some habit in your life, you say, how can I, I want to change that this year. I want to make it different. I, I don't want to stay in the same place or a lack of discipline or something that needs changing or attention. So ask yourself the question, what one change will I make this year? And you don't have to do it now, but write it out, think about it. Sometimes today, say, I want to figure out what one little thing can I do, that little change, that little tweak that's going to make a big difference. And uh, you know a statement I've made for years, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always be where you've always been. So you've got to make that change. We hope you enjoyed the first part of this BP leadership lesson. One great takeaway from this section is, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always be where you've always been. Now, stay tuned for part two. To hear more lessons from Bill, be sure to check us out at bpleadership.com or the BP Leadership Podcast. This is where real leaders are made.